Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bublé. Hey everyone, and welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bublé. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office and the firm's tax practice leader. Today, we're, Today's podcast is going to be talking about the Tax Appropriations and Consolidations Act of 2021, which was just signed in December of 2020. And to do that, we have a tax partner from our Philadelphia office, Michael Klein. Michael, welcome. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks, Joe. Good to be here. Okay. Good to have you here. So, Michael, we'll just hit some of the major uh, changes in the law. So why don't we start off by the employee retention tax credit changes? Okay, thanks, Joe. Um, Small change was made in the employee retention credit. Although it was a very small change, it has a huge impact on many of our clients. Just to, as a refresher, um, the employee retention credit came in in the CARES Act. And it wasn't used by a lot of our clients because if you got a PPP loan, you were not allowed to use this credit. However, with the new bill that you just spoke to that got signed on December 27th, they lifted this restriction. Therefore, for many of our clients who had gotten a PPP loan, they are now eligible to get this employee retention credit. This creates a huge opportunity for many of our clients to go back in 2020 and recover the credit that they could have had. Now, there were some additional changes in 2020 for 2021, but let's just go through and see, you know, what is the employee retention credit? So when the CARES Act came through, the government passed the CARES Act and they came out with this employee retention credit. And the credit was calculated by taking 50% of each each eligible employee's qualified wages up to an annual cap of 10,000. So that would have given each employee, employer, $5,000 credit for each employee that was eligible. So how was the business eligible? The business would have been eligible for the credit if it had been fully or partially suspended by by a government order as a result of COVID-19, or if the company's gross receipts were less than 50% in, in a quarter relevant to the same quarter in 2019. If either of those criteria were met, the company was eligible to take the employee retention credit. Of course, if they had the PPP loan, they didn't take it in the original, during the original time period. Now that the PPP loan restriction is lifted, we're now eligible to take the credit. In addition, if you met the gross receipts criteria or the suspension criteria, which employees were you eligible to take the credit for? Well, for 2020, which the period was 312 to 123120, if you had 100 or less employees, you could take the credit for every employee that you paid. And the 100 or less employees was the average of the full-time and monthly full-time employees in 2019. If you had more than 100 employees during the year for 2019 average monthly, then you would only be able to take the credit for employees that you paid that were not working. So what we're asking our clients to do is to take a look, see if they're eligible for the employee retention credit back in 2020. And just remember, even though they lifted the, the PPP limitation, you cannot double dip. So to the extent that you paid 
uh, wages with the PPP loan, those wages are not eligible for the employee retention credit. However, any excess is eligible. Now, if we look to 2021, there is changes that were made more beneficial to the employer. It's for the first two quarters of the year. So it's from 1-1-21 to 6-30-21. And rather than being eligible, you needed to have less than 50% of gross receipts in 2020. That threshold has been increased. So now you have to be only 80, less than 80% of your 2019 gross receipts. And the credit was increased from 50% of the first 10,000 to 70% of the first 10,000. So your eligible credit is 7,000, but rather than being 7,000 for the whole year, whole year, you get 7,000 for each quarter you have eligible employees. So Joe, there was some real uh, great changes in the employee retention credit. And we look forward to seeing many of our clients being able to recapture some of these credits and using these credits going forward. I'd like to move on to another change that was made uh, with the Taxpayer Relief Act. As you recall, um, in with the CARES Act, there was a stimulus check made uh, given to each qualifying taxpayer of $1,200 and $500 for each qualifying child. In this new act that was passed in December, each qualifying taxpayer got $600 and each qualifying child got another $600. Now the difference was the care the first stimulus check was ba was based on your 2018 income and so if you were eligible based on your 2018 AGI you got the you got the check. The one in December was based on your 2019 AGI and if you were eligible to get that or a piece of it you got it. So how does this all reconcile? So What's going to happen on your 2020 return, you're going to determine how much of your allow, allowable credit you are allowed to get. So you would, and you're going to base that on the 2019 AGI. Once you determine how much the amount of payment was received on both payments, you compare that to the amount that you actually received. If you should have received more money based on your 2019 income, then you'll get a credit on your tax return for that amount. If you receive too much and because of your AGI credit is too high and you should be giving it back to the IRS, well, there's where there's a, what we call free lunch and you get to keep the excess uh, and do not need to return it. So this is something that's gonna be reconciled on your 2020 return and something to look out for. Uh, Joe, I'll throw it over to you so you can talk about some of the changes that were made with or some of the uh, law changes with the PPP loan. Thanks, Michael. Uh, nice job. A uh, couple things, though, just to point out on the uh, the ERC, if somebody was required to be shut down by a government, that's of course a I guess a locality by a locality determination, and it only accounts for the period of time that they were shut down. So right. people need to be careful when they're making that assessment. But uh, so now we'll go over to uh, the PPP loan forgivenesses that you uh, talked about. Uh, and this law now makes clear that the forgiveness of the PPP loan, which was in the CARES Act, does not prevent a deduction when those proceeds of the PPP loan are used. Originally, the IRS had come out shortly after the CARES Act was passed and said, well, it's great that the 
PPP loan forgiveness is not taxable income, but we think it's tax exempt income. And what that means is that to the extent that you use the proceeds of that loan to pay expenses, since the income is tax exempt, the expenses will not be deductible. And immediately there was a bipartisan outcry that this is wrong, this is not what was intended. The IRS and the Treasury wouldn't back off. So it was left to the legislative fix. And finally, with this uh, act that was passed in the end of December, they made that clear. So that, that's a good thing for the taxpayers. That was what I believe was intended by the CARES Act originally. So when these uh, proceeds are forgiven, it's not gonna preclude you getting a deduction for those monies that you use the loan proceeds for. And in addition, this law also provides that the uh, forgiveness is tax exempt income. It's called tax exempt income. And that's meaningful for S corporations and partnerships because when the debt is forgiven and it's tax exempt income, that will increase the shareholders or partners basis in their company and allow them to in fact take the deductions. So a technical matter that they caught that in there. So a good, a good treatment on that. So now uh, I'm gonna bring Michael back in. So Michael, why don't you just hit a couple of the other miscellaneous tax provisions and extenders that were in the bill. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, let me uh, just give out a, a few of the changes that were made that will affect the largest number of our clients and listeners. First of all, uh, meals expenses that were provided by restaurants in 2021 and 2022 will be 100% deductible. As you call in the past, meals expenses were always 50% deductible, but in order to promote restaurants and business to them, the IRS is allowing um, this full deduction, but remember, it's only uh, for expense, meals expenses that were provided by a restaurant. In addition, uh, with, with the interest limitation that came through in 2018, um, the IRS has decided to increase the depreciable live for residential real property. So if you had elected out of uh, the interest limitation, and you had residential real property that you earned prior to 2018, you were forced to depreciate that over a 40-year life. Well, that's now been changed to a 30-year life, and you can. we're waiting for guidance on how uh, you can recover uh, the excess depreciation back in 18 and 19. So stay tuned for that. In addition, um, charitable contributions, the... Uh, AGI limitation, which was 100% for 2020, is going to continue for cash contributions in 2021. And also non-itemizers can take a deduction of cash contributions of $300 per person. That's also been extended into 2021. And Joe, in 2020, by executive order, uh, companies were allowed to defer paying their payroll taxes through 1231-20. And they were giving, they were given four months in 2021 to pay them back. So everything needed to be back, paid back, paid by uh, April 30th of 2021. However, that that date has been extended, and now the payroll tax that was deferred has to be paid back by 1231 2021. So it gives our clients a little more flexibility and a little more cash flow. Um, in addition, the medical expense deduction floor has been permanently lowered to 7.5% of AGI. So, Joe, those are just some of the things that I think our listeners should be aware of as we go into this new tax year. 
Okay, great. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much for coming in and uh, being on this podcast with us. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening. And please be on the lookout for other Taxes and 10 podcasts on current topics. And stay safe and carry on, everyone. Thank you.